Ortiz hits it deep in front of left center field. It's back, and it's very gone. A two-run walk-off home run for David Ortiz. And the Pierce. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. The Boston Power Hour. <laughs> All right. I'll start it up at uh, 12. What's going on, Rotherway Nation? I'm Jake Seymour. I'm joined with Caden Bodak, Masters Lane, and our special guest today, Boston's Fro Angel. Angel, how's it going today? Hey, it's Angel. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. So, guys, we got a jam-packed episode with you today, but first, we're going to start off with the intro of Angel. Angel, you know, you do all this stuff for ESPN Fox, I see right in your background. How did you even get into this business with the camera, you know, going to games, you know, recording everything, getting paid to kind of watch the game sometimes? So, how did you get into this job business? job ever. Pretty, pretty good job. <laughs> um, actually, uh, a best friend of mine, uh, my best friend, Lacus, I've known him since uh, elementary school when I moved to Arlington in uh and uh, one day he just offered me this gig. It was uh, 2008, I think, the Celtics. He just gave me a random gig to do a, a day of like work to help him out because he was in the TV industry. And uh, and after that, I, I kind of just liked it and, uh, and and pursued it. And uh, so eventually, I asked him for more work, and I just kept on um, kept on grinding, learning more, and wanted to be part of this industry. So. Every day I would learn as much as I can, talk to everybody, travel myself, go from uh, location to location, and just, just do the work that was available. Kind of make a name for myself. Angel, before you uh, move on, um, can you elaborate? Because you said 2008 Celtics. That was the year they won. It wasn't the finals, was it? No, I, it wasn't. Okay. It, was, it was the playoffs. And, it was, and it was, okay. I, I didn't even get to be there for it. It was just like a chance. I want, I got, that was my first chance to step on the court. And stuff okay. like that, but it was a chance to work it. My my, those came later when I started working like the big shows, like the World Series and the championships and stuff like that. So, um, did you have to go to like school for this, or did you kind of just like know the right people and just got into like that and like kind of learned on site? So I didn't have to go to school. I I, I kind of just learned it as I kept on being in the industry. And I started at the bottom. I started as a runner, uh, basically a production assistant, which is the person who goes and gets the coffees. That makes sure everybody's okay. Gets the food, um, you know. Make sure, make sure the banner's good. Uh, make sure everything's like everybody's okay. So that's where I started. I started as a runner. Uh, started from the bottom. Started to know people. And then when I saw these other positions, like technical positions, I kind of wanted to learn it. So I would shadow the the people, or mm-hmm. you know, just wait for my opportunities to come. And uh, I definitely, you know, just started from the bottom and just moved my way up and got to know the right people. Yeah. So you 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 just constantly grinded and um built connections and i mean that's that's really how the work industry is it's awesome man yeah um i wanted to give a little story on how we met (laughs) so you can go into more detail but um i actually met angel when i joined ride the wave um me and spike king brian um we went to the eastern conference finals game one of when we played the um carolina hurricanes and Angel met us at actually one of the bars. Um, we ended up taking a picture with um, Jack Edwards that day. 
And as the saying, I still have that picture, but as the saying goes, Jack Ed- Edwards smiles, Bruins by a million. Um, I remember you took us up top. You actually gave Brian a little special tour um, over the ice. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, we're up there in the rafters just enjoying the game, and the Bruins were actually down, and we felt like it was bad luck, so I had to go back to my seats. But we ended up winning that game and sweeping the series. But I had a blast, and um, I felt like every time I've been to a game with you, whether you know, you're know you just working the game and you hook me up with monster seats at the Red Sox game um, versus the Dodgers, or you know I bring you to the game and we end up getting connections in the club level and, and – I remember you, you brought this whole pizza box. I'll let That's you go my, into more detail. One of my but, favorite uh, stories is actually that was one of my first games I've ever been to, and I got invited. You invited me, and I didn't know yeah. we were going to sit or anything. And it was really cool because I've I've always worked Bruins, never really been to a game, so that was a great experience because you got us in the suite, which was awesome. Great tickets, yeah. and uh, as we're up there, we're in the bar, and uh, and we have pizza delivered from uh, from halftime across the street. And everybody's just looking at us like, how did they just get pizza delivered to a suite? <laughs> and my boy came and dropped it off and everything. We're just eating there, the pizza. Nobody could explain it. Like, you don't get to do stuff like that. No, it's always that a real cool. experience going to games with you. There's always something that I, I feel like I couldn't do myself because you have all those – you built all those connections with people that work there. Whether you're working there or you're not and you're just there as a fan – you always have those great connections. And I will say, you know, since COVID-19's happened, it's something I really miss just going to the games and being around you because you're probably one of the most positive guys I've ever, you know, been around. You're just always positive and happy. And it's just it's a fun time, man. So, I, you know, I miss that and I appreciate, uh, you know, all the great times we had and look forward to more once this all dies down. No, I can't wait. That being said, with this all happening, how has that affected your work? And, um you know, do you get obviously more time to your family and, and what's going on with you with work and stuff? Yeah, so um, so it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm getting by. Uh, you know, everybody's struggling and it's definitely one of those moments. Um, you know, I'm getting I'm going to help. Uh, I usually work about 300 days a year just on the road, just going from spot to spot and not being able to see the family too much. Um, but of course, I get those great experience and get to work you know, awesome games, but, you know, it's always nice to have some family time, and with this whole thing happening, yeah, it's, it is bad for me, you know, not having any of the work, and I do miss my job, but at least I get to spend some time with the family, I mean, we've been, you know, I'm doing the, the uh, in, in-house schooling, and trying to teach them, and waking up every morning, and getting them ready, and I mean, it's been, it's been different, but, um, I mean, I can't, I can't wait for sports to come back, it's just, you know, I still miss my job. I still miss uh, uh, being out there and, and doing my thing. But it is different, and it affects a, like, a lot of us. And it's crazy because in this industry, there's not many things that can stop us from doing our job. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. you know, the, whether the economy is doing bad or whether, you know, th- whatever's happening in the world, one thing that never stopped was sports and people watching it. So it was crazy for everybody in the industry to kind of see that there was something that could stop us, that, you know, there was something that can affect us. And it did do a lot of change to everybody in my industry because none of us saw this coming. You know, it, it came out of nowhere for us. I felt, I felt like we wouldn't even have the opportunity to have you on here if it wasn't for this because you're so busy. You, like you said, you're always on the road. So, I, I, you know, we're really grateful to have you on here, Angel. 
um, appreciate you taking time, you know, away from your family and um, coming out here and, and talking with us. Um, we do, we wanted you on here because we want to get your perspective on some of the topics we're going to talk today, um, especially with sports. And I, I feel like you have, you know, a different perspective, you know, working with the, the field. So we want your opinions on those. So we look forward to hearing what you have to say today. Hey, anything so. you guys want. Uh, I'm over here. I'm happy to be on the show. Like, you guys have been killing it. Like, I, I try to tell people all the time, I'm, I work in the industry, but sports is not my thing. Like, I don't know who the players are. I'll, I'll, I'll randomly run. I ran into uh, all these uh, who's, uh, like Bruins players and everybody. They'll, like, they'll, they'll come through the locker rooms, and I think they're security guards. I don't even think they're players, you know what I mean? And everybody's There's no like, way you think Brad Marchand is a security guard. He's too small. Dude, I think, what, what is it, Cam Neely? Is it Cam Neely? The, uh, yeah, so he's always around. And uh, and one day he walked inside, like, he owned the place. And I was like, yo, who's this guy over here walking around like you can tell us what to do? And then, and then they're like, hey, you don't know who that is? Like, that's, that's Cam Neely, bro. I was like, What? I don't know who that is. <laughs> All I know is that he's in my area. He's got to go. <laughs> I got what's a question. The... Okay, oh, you, you go. Well, what's the uh, best experience you've had? You, you know, you mentioned you went to a lot of games. Is there one game that s- has stuck out to you? Oh, I mean, easily, easily. It's Super Bowl, Super Bowl Patriots versus the Falcons. That was... It was my first Super Bowl ever. I mean, I, I worked another Super Bowl before that, but not in the stadium. This was my first time working in the stadium and being part of the entire show right there. And, I mean, it was incredible. I, I had halftime. I literally was – everybody was jeering at me and, and talking trash. And I was like, oh, your Patriots are going down. This is the – you know, it's over. I even took time to do more work. I was so upset. I didn't want to watch, <laughs> the, you know, the second half. And uh, I was like, hey, do you guys got any work for me to do during the game? Because I don't want to watch this anymore. And then towards the 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 third, the fourth quarter, I had to be you on the field. You didn't want to work. <laughs> yeah, there, there, towards <laughs> the third, fourth quarter, I had to be on the field anyways. So as I'm sitting there, you know, of course, I'm a little, you know, distraught about what's been going on. Uh, but I see the score changing. I'm looking at my boy. I'm like, hey. All they need, as crazy as it sounds, is two touchdowns and two two-point conversions, and we can win this. And, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at him like, for some reason, I everybody, the, the vibe was crazy because it's almost like everybody was feeling the same way. Like, like the Patriots could still win this, which was really crazy. It was just like getting that feeling and that aura from people. So we're all watching it go down. They win. Um, my boss, basically my boy, J.C., he goes, hey, you do your job real quick, and you get on that field, and you celebrate with the team. And the second I got it finished, I was one of the first people on the field. Um, my pass literally let me go immediately without waiting once the celebration started. So he was like, if it was me, I would want to be out there. So here, do your job real quick. Get out there. Celebrate. Enjoy this moment. And uh, that was right. just one of, the, uh, one of the coolest moments. There's been a lot. I mean, I was at the 2013 World Series. That was a great experience to be to be part of, be on the field with your team winning is always one of the best. And I've been able to do it with almost all of them so far. I think, uh, I think the revolution is the only one I'm missing for New England teams. 
<laughs> you know, I was crazy. Yeah, that's though, crazy, that. man. I was um yesterday. I was watching some sports highlights, just like a compilation of a ton of different sports clips, and I just saw uh, your head underneath the basket. I was like, "That's bro, <laughs> there he is." So I mean, you're all over the place, man. But um, you got a you got a cool backdrop going on back there. You know, talk to me through that. What's uh what's all that stuff? Yeah, so this is um this right here is one of the ESPN banners uh, that they put for Monday Night Football usually. They don't use this style anymore. This one's old, so they let me keep it, which uh, which is great. Uh, up here, I've got the the 2019 World Series backdrop for the Fox Sports, uh, which was an awesome experience to be part of. I mean, I've been able to do the past four World Series, five World Series, and uh, that's a great thing. And then I got a bunch of credentials just from um from various things I've been working. I don't know. I thought I should do a backdrop. I thought it was a thing. That is a cool backdrop. <laughs> that is so I like cool, it. man. That's awesome. Like in my job, that's this is what I do: set up a backdrop, make it look cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for like I said, you know, you're all over the place. Whether I'm, you know, sitting there watching the game live or I'm watching highlights later on, I always somehow manage to find you in the stands. So <laughs> I'll give you that. Fun game to do too, just to try to poke me, you know, try to find me in the in every single uh, situation. Well, I found you on the field in the 2019 World Series, and I took that picture and sent it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching, um, I remember before I met you through Ride the Way Media, I was watching like the 2018 World Series, like in the locker room, and I saw you in the, the picture, like in the video. I'm like, damn, this guy, that's sick. Like, he literally is in the locker room right now with the camera. Like, that's, that's awesome. Great. And then all of a sudden, like, fast forward, I think it was like probably four, not even four months later, I met you with Ride the Wave, and I'm like, oh my God, that was the same guy that was working <laughs> in the 2018 World Series. So. I mean, you know, if you guys are watching any sports events, seriously, I mean, keep an eye out for Fro because you, know, you don't know where you're going to find him. It's you're like kind of like um, what's that guy in the book? Um, where's uh, Waldo? Where's Waldo? Thank you. Yeah, you're like where's Waldo? <laughs> where's Fro? Where's Boston's Fro? Always a fun game, man, and and I, I love what I do, and it's always a, a great time, and and um, it's pretty cool because like in in my industry, we don't get seen that much. Like people don't pay attention to us. We're just kind of people in the backdrop. And I've always just wanted to kind of change that a little bit. You know what I mean? I, I kind of want people to appreciate what we do and all the hard work we put in and, and get our names known a little bit. You know what I mean? So it, it does it does feel good to uh, to at least be known. You know, maybe maybe yeah. people are going to start looking for more people back there. And, you know, it's it's always a good a good time. You had that whole um, thing when, when this whole Kaepernick thing was going on and the whole, the whole kneeling thing. What's the word had, you know, they had been calling you Kaepernick? Because of that, because of the afro you had and the afro he had, and they would always pick, you know, you, the, the fans always snapping shots to you at the game, right? How was that like for you? Did you did you catch on and did you know that people were doing that? So I didn't catch on. Actually, the whole Instagram started with me being known on Instagram was because people were doing that before, you know, I got known. I didn't know it was happening, uh, but I mean, it it had its positives, it had its negatives actually, because you know, I, I get it. Uh, you know, I, you know, I look like him, whatever, I'm on the field and stuff like that. And me personally, I am a supporter of his, but it was just kind of weird that like sometimes, yeah, it was funny, but sometimes it was really rude. So there'd be people yeah. who would just be, you know, just jeering me and just yelling at me like, oh, you stink, you're a horrible person, you know, why don't you go take a knee and, and stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, that's, I, I hope they would know I'm not that, but it's not that I don't support it. It's just, you don't have to be so rude about it. You know what I mean? Like some people were being... Some people being rude, some people being cool. And I get it. I don't mind, you know, the whole Kaepernick thing. But, like, 
just don't be rude about it. It's not supposed to be supposed to be like, you know, I get it, I look like him and I'm on the field and, you know, it's it is definitely fun. And it happens all the time. But some people were just like, you know, attempting to throw beers at me. And, and I'm just like, guys, I hope you know I'm not Kaepernick. Like, <laughs> I get your anger, but like, this is weird, dude. Like, you don't have to treat me like that. I'm not Kaepernick. But it, it was okay, dude. Like, I didn't have too much of a problem with it until people really just... That's why one of the reasons I started the Hey, It's Angel, I mean, it's the way I pick up my phone calls all the time. But I also wanted to let people know that I have a name. I'm not Kaepernick. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people would be like, oh, there's Kaepernick. I wanted people to know that I'm Angel. You know what I mean? I'm Boston's fro. Uh, you know, I have a name. So, you know, sometimes I'd be like, hey, this goes Kaepernick. I'd be like, hey, I'm Angel. You know? Is that your voicemail, too? Uh, no, I think my voicemail is normal. <laughs> Why? <laughs> could, you, could you imagine if you always pick up the phone, you're like, hey, it's Angel, and then your voicemail was, hey, it's Angel, so you didn't even know if you <laughs> actually answered so or not. <laughs> Everyone thinks he is calling you. That's kind of like your catchphrase, the hey, it's Angel thing. But I think it's funny because I don't know how like familiar you guys are with the Instagram scene, but you know, right away we have we have like a group chat with everyone in it. We always talk on Instagram, and so now it says like instead of saying your username, it now says like your name that you have above your bio. And every time I see Angel's name, although it just says, "Hey, it's Angel," and in my head I read it, <laughs> I just hear Angel's voice. Hey, it's Angel. <laughs> I get that all the time. It's like, I mean, I I started that before, like just I, I always thought it was a funny way of picking up a phone call. So I just I just did it that way all the time. Yeah, it's before, like what you're known for now. Be, before you, we started recording, um, you and Jake were talking about some some story. I didn't get the full story. Lane didn't get any of the story. And you were Angel. You were talking about how that's one of your favorite stories to tell. Can you um, tell us a story? Is that what the uh, my credential over here? Is that the story we're talking about? Talk about a lot of stories. I, it was the one where it was like. You were like talking about when you. I thought it was yeah, the pizza story, know. the Ortiz one. It was the last story you, you. It was the story you guys were talking about when I joined the call. I think it was Ortiz. Yeah, I think that was the Ortiz. So, um, a cool experience I have, and this is this is one of my favorite uh, credentials right over here. Um, so this was the 2013 World Series, and uh, during that time I was working for like ESPN, Monday Night Football, Baseball, and stuff like that, and I got to meet. Ortiz all the time and actually my camera guy is a friend with his so he introduced me to him you know he was like hey this is Angel he works all these shows and stuff you should get to know him so since then me and me me and Big Papi have like you know seen each other all the time you know he gives me a big hug and you know we say hi and stuff like that and uh and one year I'm not sure many people know about this actually this is something actually this is kind of exclusive not many people know about this so the year that uh, that Ortiz retired, they actually made a um, a roast of Big Papi, uh, which was supposed to be televised. It was supposed to be on Nessun and everything. Uh, we had the TV trucks, we had the cameras, we had everything set up for it. We did the entire show. I mean, Gronk was there, uh, Pedroia, a bunch of other players, a uh, couple Yankees guys, and they were just oh, roasting. Man. They were roasting Big Papi. I mean. Getting it, it was bad. It was tough to. I mean, it was tough to, to listen. Uh, so during that show, actually, I ended up seeing him backstage, and I asked him. I never asked for autographs from players or people I know, but he's somebody I know, and I've worked with a lot. So I asked him to autograph my 2013 uh, World Series credential, which was like my big start in the industry. I mean, it meant a lot to me, especially coming from a man like him. 
uh, who was just a beast. And uh, he was proud to do it. He was happy. He wondered why I didn't ask him before and stuff. Uh, but uh, true story, the, the roast was so hardcore and so raw that they weren't allowed to air it. So nobody's ever seen the roast of Big Poppy, which I, there's, there's definitely a tape of it out there somewhere. Um, but it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was so bad that I mean it was it was about like you know an hour long and they couldn't even use fifteen minutes of the footage. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. But that's yeah, crazy. it's definitely uh, nope. Not many people know about that. But yeah, there was a roast of Big Papi, um, and that was when he was able to sign my uh, my credential, and it was an awesome moment. Kind of that's pretty cool. So uh, you know, guys, this boss is for all. Wicked chill guy, no, like like we said, most positive guy we know. Um, you know, it's so many cool stories with him, and that's only a couple. I'm sure you have thousands more, like awesome stories. Um, but you know, moving on to our next topic, we kind of touched on this last week: the NHL playoff format, the 24 team format. Angel, I know you do a little bit with the NHL. Um, what is what are your thoughts on this format, this new playoff format? I mean, I'm I'm we're getting sports back. I'm just happy, and Bruins are in the top seed. So I, I got no problem with this. It's definitely going to be something different. I know they're only using a certain amount of cities. Uh, I'm, I'm good with it, man. I just want to see sports come back. It kind of, you know, the, even the NBA is trying to do this whole playoff thing. And it's, it's hard because, like, you don't know who's supposed to be there and who's not. They're just going to put the teams into it. That's my mm-hmm. one thing. It's just, it's just throwing them in, you know, by the records that they had, not knowing what would happen next. But at least we're getting sports back. At least they're, they're coming up with something. And, is there going to be an asterisk? This is what I want to ask you guys, actually. Does this put an asterisk on whatever teams win this year? Um, I think it does. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't. And and this is why, um, you know, there was like 13 games left this season, right? And there was teams that maybe had a chance to sort of sneak into the top eight. Um, with these 12 teams going in, I think there's no way you can say – well, this team wouldn't would have been in the playoffs or not because now you're giving that four extra team buffer. So you're allowing for any team that was close to making the playoffs, now they're in. So I don't think there's an asterisk there. I mean, do you sit there and say, yeah, would the Bruins might have maybe been overpassed by Tampa Bay? Possibly. But I don't think there's any home ice advantage anymore. Now you're playing at a neutral site, no fans. There is no home ice. So I think if you were going to have an asterisk, it might be because there's no home ice advantage. But I think now this is one of the hardest Stanley Cups to win because you've had two and a half months off. Now all these teams with all these momentum, all that's gone, you're, you're having 12 teams basically starting from fresh with three weeks of warm-ups and then going into a big uh, playoff matchup. And I think this makes it one of the hardest cups to win because you have no home ice advantage. You are playing with no fans and you're all on basically neutral ground just because you're the 12th seed and you're playing the first seed or the fifth seed, I guess, because the top four are around Robin. You're the 12th seed and you're playing the fifth seed. You're not, you're not playing away. Technically you're all playing in the same stadium. So I don't, I don't think there's any advantage for anyone. And I think it makes it the hardest cup to win. So I, I say there's no asterisks, but that's my opinion. I think there is an asterisk because it's it's a totally different style than it normally is. You know, the Habs, for instance, they wouldn't have made the playoffs if it wasn't for this 12-team format. So, like, if they win, there's definitely going to be, like, an asterisk, you know. And the the Bruins are the clear number one seed, 
and now if they move to the four because of this round robin thing, they're there's definitely going to be an Ashes next to it. I mean, th- these guys are getting reseeded. It's just so dumb. I know, I know. There's no home ice advantage, so the um, one seed is a little less valuable. But you're still playing the lesser opponent, so you'd still rather be the one seed than the four seed. So I think there's going to be an asterisk, and if you want to say it's a good thing or a bad thing, that's like a whole other story. But I mean, there's going to be asterisk because I mean, this is the first time any of this has ever happened. I mean, there's never been such a thing as a 24 team format. I think in any sport, really, for a long time. And especially now with the top four teams, I believe uh, they get the bye in the first round. Like, that doesn't happen in hockey at all. Like, that's something that kind of happens in football. And, you know, I said it on this show before back in December with football. I called it. And all you guys call me crazy. The Ravens were going to lose because they had the bye week and Lamar didn't play. So, I look at that with the Bruins. And, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins get bumped in the first round or have an extremely slow start and drop the first two games in the, um, their playoffs. So, I'm nervous the Bruins if this continues. But I actually have a question for you, Fro. So, you know, obviously, you know, you work in the NHL in that media and same thing with the NBA. Are you nervous to go back to work being in that, like, secluded area with the players and being in the arenas? Okay, so, yeah, awesome. Great question, actually. Uh, I, I'm working this Tuesday. I'm, uh, I'm working on the, the trucks, the TV trucks, and we're going to get them ready for whatever's coming up next. And we actually had a full meeting on protocol on safety, on how we're going to, you know, do the whole process. And they're taking extreme steps. Like, they're going above and beyond. I mean, I have to have my temperature taken before I get there. I've got to report my temperature before I get there. Uh, we've got to all carpool by ourselves in our own vehicles. Um, we got hotel rooms. Nobody's rooming. Basically, they're doing as good of a job as they can to separate everybody. And, I mean, not to lie, without having the fans there, it kind of makes it easier for us, you know, to be able yeah. to do that. And uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not worried. I, I think, um, I think the industry is doing everything they can to make it as safe as possible for when we come back. And going through that meeting the other day uh, was good proof of that, like how seriously they're taking it, and 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 for all good means, you know what I mean. As long as I want to get sports back, I want people to get back out there and do, you know, and enjoy it again. I, I definitely want sports back, but it sucks as a season ticket holder like myself. Um, those games I lost out obviously get credited for next season. Um, but it sucks, you know, because as a season ticket holder, you, you don't have season you don't have season tickets just to go to the regular season. You have them so you could take advantage and go to the playoffs and um, get those cheaper prices. And it sucks because you know last year's playoffs, you know, Fro, I I was with you at one of the games. It was it was a blast. I had one of the best years of hockey just going to playoffs awesome last year. year. So it's it's uh it's unfortunate the fans can't go, but like you said, I mean, at least you know if we need sports back, dude. Yeah, if we it's do. on TV, it's on TV. You no, know, I agree. And and th- trust me, fans is definitely important to it too, but I mean, we all got to take our time. Every everything will get back. We'll we'll get this whole everything will be sorted out. Let's do one, a couple, and we're not even doing full seasons. Like right now, I'm just hearing, you know, we are not going to have any fans at most of our sites, but there is plan for them to come back. You know what I mean? Nobody's saying we're not going to have fans like for NFL. Nobody's saying we're not going to have fans for the entire NFL season, but we are prepared to not have fans. So I mean, and it sucks for AHL, but I mean, everything was cut quick anyway. So uh, nobody was ready for for what was happening, and, and it'll get back. I can't With you wait. talking about no fans, I, this is probably going to our next topic, Jake. Uh, but 
So with you working with the work that you do, Angel, when do you think sports will have fans? Ooh. Because I this is something we sort of talked about last week, but I look at it as, you know, obviously basketball and hockey are not going to finish their seasons. Their seasons are playoffs with no fans. There, there's not going to be any fans. We already know that. Yeah. But, you know, football is coming up in September. And if, and if football goes with no fans, that means football ends next February. So now you're looking at probably April next year. Um, and, and, and if it ends ne- next February, um, that's already halfway through, just a little over halfway through the new NHL and basketball seasons. So when and do you base- think we will have fans? Baseball is going to be in there, too. Yeah. So what I mean, do you think fans will come back? I, I, I don't think it will happen until at least next year. Like, I think half of the season will go by before – a lot of games are going to go by before they can decide. Maybe it will be faster with baseball because they have more games. But football, you know, you've got 16 games a week. So, you know, they it'll be easier to sort that out. With baseball, you've got games every single day. So at some point yeah. they're going to decide, you know, they're, they're, they're probably going to make the decision quicker than football. Baseball definitely will. But, it, yeah, I don't think anything until – I don't think fans until next year personally. Uh, and I don't know if it's in midseason or until the next season, but definitely not going to – they're not definitely not going to start it. I don't think so. It's actually a good point. I didn't think of that with the no fans, how much easier that must make your life because you can kind of just leave everything set up. You don't have to take it down. I bet. So, yeah. And you don't have to move stuff to different arenas. I didn't think of that from an outside No traffic when I leave from work. It's great. <laughs> so I actually – Angel, I actually – I invested on a limb because of RuneDog. Um I bought Tampa Bay Bucks season tickets, <laughs> so I could go down there once or twice a year and sell the rest of them. So what you're saying is I'm probably not going to be able to go to any games this year for the Bucks. <laughs> I don't, you know what though? I'm not going to lie. You might be able to go to Tampa Bay. Florida's pretty. I'm sure Florida's going to open up as soon as they can, and they're yeah, not going to oh. miss out. I, I think Florida might let you let you go early. So you you lucked out. That was a good investment. <laughs> Yeah, I, Master Lane's a bandwagon. You got Tampa Bay Bucks. <laughs> no, I'm straight dead to me. <laughs> I, I, I think what's going to happen here is, like, the commissioners and, you know, of the leagues are going to be like, well, we need the money, you know. We want the money. We want the revenue. And obviously there's going to be a push for fans to go to games. So what's going to happen is you're going to be like, well, Okay, Florida's open, Massachusetts isn't. So if your state is open and your governor's allowing fans, well, then go. But you can only have you know fifty percent of the stadium or you know thirty five, forty percent of the stadium open. So my whole take, my not to cut you off, Angel, but my whole take with that, Caden, is that if you cut down on the you know like the size of the arena, how many people can be in there, you know what's going to happen is that somebody's going to be sitting really close to the ice of the court. And somebody's going to be, like, up at the balcony and see a row behind and be like, oh, I'm just going to go sit there. And then you have people moving down, and it completely gets yeah, rid of I, the whole, like, I, that's not going to happen. It's not going to be 50%. No. It's going to be either 100%, everything's fine, or, or nothing. nothing at all. Yeah, how do, you decide, how do you decide who goes? Because um, it would have to be, like, a lottery choice. Like, yeah, all right, for- only these season ticket holders <laughs> go to game one, and these go to game two. There's no way that happens. That, that's just what comes. Yeah. I could see that happening, though, because I see the ticket holders, and they're kind of like the exclusive group. Not a lot of season ticket holders. Like, you could probably do that. 
but you can't have the general public go in because even if you sell a balcony ticket, like one balcony ticket in a section, and then you sell a club, you know, seat, why isn't that balcony person going to move down to the floor? Because you're going to have all the seats on the floor. You're not going to be able to control it. You can't. You're going to have security if there's only 50% of the people. So when I went to a game, you know, I obviously, when I go to Red Sox games, I do that all the time. But when I went to a game in Florida, there was, like, so much security that you had to show them your ticket before you even, like, moved anywhere. Like, if I moved, I moved one row down, and they saw it because they, they knew. They were like, where's your ticket? And so like, how are you going to prevent Timmy King? From sneaking in. <laughs> That's what I'm Stop saying. That. Like, Stop I, I think it's 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 all or nothing. It's all or nothing. You can't, stop him. can't prevent it. You can't prevent it. He owns the garden, but he doesn't own, but he doesn't own Hard Rock Stadium. He doesn't own Raymond James Stadium. So he can... just... <laughs> actually, I mean, he's done it at the Stanley Cup. <laughs> That's that, that whole story amazing. is insane. <laughs> Hey, if Angel's working there, I'm sneaking in. <laughs> yeah, I'm with this guy. <laughs> I'm small. I'm small enough to fit in one of his like uh, one of those big carts, right? Yeah, you got. Yeah, I got you. I'll put you in a. <laughs> I'll put you in a case. Um. So yeah. So going on to our next topic, we got the NBA. They're coming back supposedly July 31st. Celtics. They just opened up their uh, facility, the Arabac Center. I guess it's like New Balance's state of the art facility. Down, I believe it's right on Route One somewhere. They just opened that thing up right for June 1st for voluntary workouts for the players. June Do we 6th. really think um, June, 6th. June 1st for the voluntary? June 6th is team okay. workouts. But, um, like, do we really think the Celtics are going to come back and play in July 31st? Because I don't. I'll be honest. Well, if you say that, then I think that means the same for the NHL. I think, um, you know, the governor's obviously given teams um, – permission to go back like you said june 6th i think for team for teams to work yeah. out stuff um if there's a second wave that hits you know and they say there could be one in the fall then i mean it ruins everything at that point and i think that you, you you just call the season a season and you have to maybe even start the new season late um yeah. there's going to be a certain point where you sit there and say um no we're we're done we're gonna just move on and that's where the asterisk comes in, in in my mind. Because guess who would win the Stanley Cup? The Bruins. Because they had the best record. <laughs> <laughs> and then you hold the parade after September because um, I think the governor said you can't have any big, large meetings until after Labor Day. No, we'll just have a huge – we'll have a parade when we win it next year. And then we'll have a parade the next day celebrating. Or we can have a virtual <laughs> Zoom parade. Zoom break. <laughs> Zoom break. Yo, can we find that for one second? Like, I feel like everything's going on Zoom, and it's, some of it's like the stupidest stuff. Like, I was um, obviously we all of our classes are online, but there was some talk about people going on a Zoom call to like watch a sporting event. They wanted to watch uh, highlights of games. So, like, I I started on like um, TMZ, I think it was, or one of those weird sites. But started on there. There was like a ton of people just joined a. Uh, Zoom call to, you know, talk about sports, and they were just, like, on the call, like, Zoom is taking over this whole thing, and they're making a ton of money just off of the whole, you know, COVID-19 stuff. Same um, with Microsoft Teams. Like, that is insane, how, like, yeah. and I've never I've heard never of Zoom even, prior to all this. I've never even, yeah, i never heard about Zoom before any of this. I'm not going to lie. I yeah. use <laughs> Zoom all the time. Never heard of it. I mean, my buddy, I just found out, 
because he left the industry to go work and he his whole company works with Zoom. So he, yeah. he was way ahead of the curve. Uh, <laughs> also, like, Zoom thing. you know, we I use Skype wanna... to record our calls, so that makes sense. But then also you got like Google Meet and Google Hangouts and all of a sudden Zoom just pops out of nowhere and it's like the big thing now. Making I do so want to go fun. back to one thing though, um, Jake. And, and it was because um, Angel had said that he was getting the trucks ready um, and assuming that they're probably going to go back to work soon um, if this whole NHL, NBA thing stuff. Do you, I want your honest opinion, um, Angel. Do you really think that, um, that we'll actually go through and see these playoffs that they have uh, sort of predicted for the NHL and NBA? Actually, I 100% believe it will happen. Um, just by communicating with all my coworkers and seeing what's been going around the industry, I mean, it looks like it's happening. There's nobody... I'm not hearing somebody say, yeah, I'm not hearing anybody go, <laughs> this isn't happening. I'm hearing people, you know, this is this is what we're doing. I just saw Las Vegas. They're hiring a whole bunch of new, it's like two-month-long positions for video techs for sports. So, I mean, just the fact that Vegas is, is hiring on that kind of, you know, level uh, shows that, you know, they're, they're planning, this is happening. We're bringing sports back, and they're bringing it back. I believe it's, it's going to come back by July, definitely, in July. Yeah, so you heard it here first at the Boston. I mean, it's just, it's just it will it will start in July. Um, I'm hoping. I mean, the biggest thing I heard was like maybe maybe baseball by Fourth of July, which would be, uh, I mean, that would make Americans so happy. I mean, we'll Fourth of July with baseball, what's better than that? <laughs> My whole take with the whole NBA coming back is um, NBA has a ton of egos in that league, and I feel like if you know the player. Some of the players aren't on board. They're going to drop off. Now the NHL, I could see coming back because not a lot of egos in the NHL. Like obviously there are some, some in every sport, but not as big as the NBA. Like I mean, NBA, you can go back like ten years ago. You know, they created the runway. That was like their time to shine. That was their thing. And mm-hmm. now you see everyone doing that. So the, I think the NBA would be one of the only sports, maybe even the NFL too, that couldn't do it. And obviously the MLB with their whole yeah know, lockout talk, thing going uh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Talk about egos and hardheads. We'll 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 get into that our next topic with the whole MLB thing but before we leave this one I wanted to uh you know obviously I don't have the sort anywhere close to the sources uh you have fro but um I think the sports are going to come back you're going to see you know there's obviously a huge push for it and there's a lot of money lost with it not going on so what are you going to do you're going to bring them back I mean and obviously you can say well who cares you know Mike Child's only losing you know he can afford to lose millions of dollars that's fine whatever but then you look at guys like fro who depend on sports for a job and now you're out of job you know there's so many people that this depend on sports and love it that um you can't have this go on go away forever and um if you you have the test available we're having the test available now that you know teams can easily get tested and that was the biggest concern a few weeks ago was are you going to have enough tests for people that are actually sick and that actually need it to not be able to or to not get, you know, scrutiny from people and um, get uh, clap back, to, so, so to speak, about these players getting tests when there's sick people who need the test that aren't able to. That's not an issue anymore because there's enough tests to go around. So if you can get these guys tested and then you can get have these guys quarantined, then you're fine. Like you can play. And not only that, uh, on top of that, Caden, um, I think I, the only reason I think it might be harder for football and I think uh, baseball and uh, not baseball, but 
NBA and, and hockey would be the safest to start with because it's just the size of the roster. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the size of the roster is going to be huge, too. I mean, football, you're going to need 53-man roster that needs to be tested before every single game is going to be a lot harder than bringing back basketball where you've got, like, what's the team? Maybe, I don't know the max. I'm sorry. 15, people, 15 players yeah. and then 30 guys, including the personnel. So, I mean, so I think, I think starting with that is going to make, you know, it's going to help figure out how we, we solve the rest of the problems. Because, I mean, football, that's 53 guys that you got to find somewhere they got to stay, um, somewhere they got to carpool, somewhere they got to isolate themselves. I mean, that's a lot, a lot of, you know, work to do. So I think with baseball and, and hockey and the other sports that have a less roster, it'll be, it'll be better and easier for them to figure it out. Yeah, you I say think, every game, but it, even every practice, Angel, too. Yeah, ex- I mean, imagine. Yeah, three guys got to test every single day, every yeah. single practice, and compared to at least the 15 on a basketball team. It's not even the 53 guys on the team, too. you got to test all the coaches, too, I would think, too. So then that and trainers, then all the personnel. Trainers. So now you're probably, honestly, with NFL, you're probably looking at 100 guys. Yeah, all I think, at once. And you got to do it for 30 different teams. So then they got to do – I don't know. I think that's the only issue. What you're going to start seeing, though, Jake, is these guys, you know, you're, you might have, say, 100 personnel per game that you need. You're going to see it get cut down to, like, 50 or the complete oh. minimum for them to use it because that's less test and – these guys aren't going to be tested every single day. You're going to see maybe once or twice a week, or at least once, maybe twice, twice a week. You know, you're going to, you don't test, you know, you're with your family. You don't test them every single day. You're, you're, cause you're with them. You know, you're not going to get it. If you're with them and they don't have it and you're not going anywhere that they, they, they haven't been, you're not going to get it. If you guys are all going to the same place and eventually I- these guys are going to be like, you know, these guys are going to be together and they're not going to see anybody else. So there's no way they can get it. I don't know. I think I, I think it's it's a long ways away, and we'll see what happens. Um, I think to self-isolate everyone from their families for 16, 18 weeks is, is pretty absurd and crazy, yeah. too. So I, I don't think – if I'm a player, I'm like, hell no, that's not happening. So, Depends I mean, how much we'll, money you make, though. If you're – if you're, um, and that's the thing that there's guys like Mike Trout, you know, not to stick on baseball here, that make forty million million dollars, but the majority of guys don't make that much money. And if you're fighting for a job and you're fighting to keep, you're gonna you know, go to it. You're gonna you're gonna have to play. You can't. He can afford. Mike Trout can afford to sit back and not play. But Joe Schmo, who's you know a minor leaguer, can't afford to do that. He's not gonna. He's gonna be working construction if he doesn't do that, and he wants to play baseball. So that's why the majority of the league are is gonna be like that. So they're gonna have to play. So what are you gonna play? Are you gonna play with without all the superstars? That doesn't make any sense. That's bet. You'd We're rather. Gonna- you, you would rather. You would rather that than having. I mean, you'd obviously have like. You'd rather have the Brock Holtz of the world play in a baseball game than no baseball at all. Correct. I think that just leads for a bunch of asterisks is where you're going with that. Yeah, okay, yeah. But that you, happened as with of, as of, for a couple of years, like of, years ago now. Like back in the of, 70s, I think, in the ABA. You know, look, sports isn't going to happen unless the, all the players agree on it. I, I, I don't yeah. think that you sit there and say half the league agrees on it and the sports is just going to resume. That's, that's not how it works because the Players Association wouldn't allow that. There's no I way. If it's about safety. I agree if yeah. it's about safety. safety. If the players don't want to play, cool. But when they start arguing, I'm trying to like watch my words. When they start oh, arguing good. about pay, 
That's why I get upset. Like, I don't mind. You yeah, know what? I you agree. feel safe, I get it. Don't go back. I'm cool with that. But don't say you're not getting paid enough. Because that just yeah. means that you need to get paid so much to feel safe. You know what I mean? No, no there's, way. There's people who need to work and want to get back to work and want to do their thing. And they're not worried about pay. They're worried about safety. So bring up safety. Uh, the guys who bring up pay, I, I, I just don't like that. I just don't think, you know what, I, you don't get paid enough to be to play. Okay, cool. Then leave. I'm, I'm good with that. If you don't, you know, you. peace. If you don't feel safe, I'm, I'm going to back you up on that and say, you know what, if you don't feel safe, I understand that. But if you don't get paid enough, I mean, there's people out here that are really struggling and working hard to just get by, and they're not—they're not getting mad about not getting paid enough. Yeah, and, and the thing—they they should. And, and and the thing is, we see this with baseball. We're seeing it now about the whole, um, you know, they're—they're they're a prorated salary and a and a cut. They're taking a bunch of pay cuts, or that's what's supposed to be. The, these guys, you know, there's—if you really feel like you're in danger for your life there's no amount of money that you're going to be like well it's going to be worth it now you know yeah they're, they're making that up you know my whole take on the whole money thing and uh obviously there are like so many more people besides the mike charles and the you know the superstars in the leagues that you know need the money more than him but for anyone in you know whether you're mike Trout who's making 40 million dollars a year or you're you know some random guy making 30 you know any amount of money you lose is like you know, can hurt you really bad. And obviously I know Mike Trout probably has more than enough money and, you know, probably fine. But if he loses $10 million a year, you don't think that affects him a little bit. You know, that's where I look at it from that perspective. Yeah. To us, $10 million, like, Oh, you're complaining about losing 10 million when you make 40, like, come on. But you gotta think of it too. That's a fourth of his salary. So, I mean, that can be huge just for him. Although, um, you know, like if anyone lost a fourth of their salary, that would be huge for them. Although, you know, they probably don't make that forty million. Yeah, yeah but the other thing know. is that's a fourth of his one-year salary. You know, he's making he's making. It's hard for people to be sympathetic towards them. You're making thirty million dollars yeah, for tough one. playing a hundred. <laughs> you're playing a hundred. Hundred two games. I look at it as guess what? You're still getting paid. And you're not working. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what I mean, like. Who cares? I don't. Yeah, I see both sides. Anyways, no, because I you, think anyone that loses the fourth of their salary, it's gonna hurt. And you know, whether yeah. you're making forty or you're making thirty thousand, you know. You're you're crazy defending these players here. You can't you can't defend <laughs> these guys. They're <laughs> he's making thirty million dollars to play eighty games, and if he loses ten million or whatever, so what was gonna happen with the whole proposed thing? He's making thirty-seven million without any cuts, you know, if we had a full season, whatever. With the cuts, he'd be making six, five point six, five point seven million dollars. That seems that's like a huge, huge that's a huge drop off, but I guarantee he can live off five point seven million dollars. If you're complaining about five point seven million dollars, you're crazy. And I that's mean, just how much that's just how yeah, much he gets paid. Playing baseball. To play. I mean his his markability, the money he makes on the side, I mean yeah. he's still the making incentives. Tons yeah. Of money. yeah, like yeah, LeBron it's just hard to use Trump. Like that's a tough yeah. one. Like, like, like you can't use him. Like LeBron. Take, like Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts doesn't have that marketability. He's gonna be losing so much money. Oh my god! And he's not gonna pay that much either. Not? To be honest. You're crazy. He's still like sponsored by Nike. You're nuts, dude. He's, he's not on Mike Charles. So he's no Mike Charles. Let's just start just, there. It doesn't matter. You're absolutely insane if you don't think Mookie is. Yeah. It's hard for me to you're even nuts. fight against people who have. If your income is in the millions, I'm sorry, I can't fight for you. And anyway, if your income is in the thousands, I got your back. 
<laughs> yeah. I'll take on is that whether you're in the millions or you're in the thousands, losing a fourth of your salary or more is extremely hard because you know what you're used to being it. You know you're forty million. Let's say you know you used to spend a twenty, saving twenty, right, fifty fifty split, and now all of a sudden you're making five. Like whoa, look, well, yeah, that's a look, big difference. I, there's no way I you can that new car. I look. I understand why they're complaining because they're they're losing more money than other counterparts. Like I understand where they're coming from personally. Like. Yeah, no one wants to lose money. So, yeah, no. you're going to complain yeah. and say, I don't want to lose as much money. Do I feel bad for him? Hell no. Hell no. Yeah. I don't feel bad for him. But I understand yeah. why they're complaining. Of course, anyone, anyone, if you took any money away from someone, whether it's $5 million or a few thousand, would sit there and say, hey, why, why are we doing this? You know, why is, why is my money being taken away? Do I feel yeah. bad for him? No, I don't. That yeah, it's hard to you guys think. That money's going to come back to them. I mean, yeah, this, they, is only, get it back. this is only one season, and they're freaking out like, yeah. oh, my God, my whole career is done. No, this is one season. Yeah, Once you get, you'll get your money back. We're going to be back to it. You know what I mean? It's batting, that it is batting average is zero right now. So it shouldn't be <laughs> you want to get paid for zero back? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. You'll get paid for you make zero no hits. <laughs> these these contracts, they're 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 guaranteed contracts here. It's not like it's football, and they already got part of their salary for May. They got all their salary for March and May. They didn't even play, and they got their full payment, like they or they're whatever with the cut, whatever it was. But like you said, Angel, this is a prorated sal- prorated salary. They're getting it back next year you know mike trout's scheduled to make 400 million dollars he's still gonna make 400 million dollars he might just not, not make it, it now. evenly you know i, mean, I want to touch on this though do you, guys, do you guys think mike trout and all that was gonna be getting a stimulus check and collecting unemployment you know Bla- blake's blake Blake Snell, you know, he's risking his life. He's 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 putting his life on the line, man. And if he gets the Rona, if he gets the Rona, that's in his body forever, man. And he's gonna affect his whole family, and he's just gonna die if he plays baseball. So you know, you gotta pay these guys millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. What's up with that guy? I, I know you wrote an article on it. I didn't have the chance to read it. I'll be honest, dude. I went off on that guy. Have no respect. I think he made a huge mistake doing that because I'm sure there's a ton of guys that feel that way. But for him now, he's the face of it. Yeah, he's kind of like the um, like the Rudy Gobert of the NBA, like the face of the coronavirus. Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel so bad for Rudy Gobert because I know he was making jokes about it, and it was not cool to make those kind of jokes. But in his defense, there anyone anybody in the NBA, whether he was a player, the superstar of LeBron James and Giannis, all the way down to the random assistant of the assistant of the assistant coach on the bench, like anybody could have gotten it and got the whole league, you know, given it to the whole league. So I feel extremely bad for Rudy Gobert because. Everyone's painting the air like he's this evil person and he's awful. He's not and evil. Like, he's not evil. Yeah. It was just well, like it, literally it could happen to anybody. The like, other thing, he's just the first one. Uh, he made it. himself look bad though. It was nobody else's fault but his. Like no, he did that's that. what I'm saying. He made yeah. a joke about it, and then they come out like it's just it looks really bad. How do we know that Rudy Gobert gave it to Marcus Smart and Marcus Smart didn't give it to Gobert, or how did? We know well, that Gobert that. gave. That's what that's I'm saying. Thing. We you don't know that. that you know, Same and thing you won't. Like Blake, he's saying what people are thinking. Doesn't mean you have to do it. And Gobert did something that people were thinking, yes, but you don't have to do it. And he did it. And then not only that, came positive. I mean, the whole outcome looked really bad for him. And same thing with Blake. Yeah, people are thinking it. I'm not going back to baseball unless I get paid more because of Corona. Cool. 
don't go out there and say that. You know what I mean? You can think it. You can, you know, you look foolish though when when it comes out. You know what I mean? And when yeah. go uh, it comes back imagine. to bite you when you post anything, and it'll come <laughs> yeah. back to bite you. You got to be <laughs> you really careful imagine? what you post. You guys imagine being one of the media guys and having your phone or your tape recorder on the desk and having him touch it. Oh, ha, ha, ha. And then a couple of days later, you realize that, oh, my God, he tested positive. <laughs> it's the way. You have that media recorder in your hand. No, but a thing happened. with So for XFL, I, I was working with XFL, and we were doing the comms and stuff like that. That was our, our, you know my position over there. So we do the headsets, and, and for all the players, the coaches – Anybody who needed it, the phones, we'd set up all the phone lines. So, you know, they kind of call the players, they call, you know, coach to coach from the uh, booth to the field. And uh, and right before our last game, uh, I mean, I wasn't asked to come back because the coronavirus, you know, COVID-19 killed the XFL, basically. But Doesn't that suck? That, Doesn't that suck? Cool, right? Are they back? The XFL was a good thing. Did uh, you we could actually get go to a game? Were you on the field or, like, went to the games? So, yeah, I'd be on the field, but then I'd also be up in the booth with the coaches. And I'd be the one micing up the coaches and telling them, like, hey, stop talking so close to your, you know, all, yeah. I was a booth guy. But we came to find out that the game we were working, uh, that, you know, a couple of the players had, had COVID-19. And actually, when, um, when we left that week, I got sick. Uh, a couple of my other employees, uh, co-workers, they were sick. And, I mean... I didn't know what it was. I mean, for me, it, it basically was, it felt like a, you know, like a flu, basically. I, I was down for about a week. But this COVID-19 thing was just starting, so we didn't know what it was. But a couple, me and my couple of workers, you know, we, we got it. We don't know who it came from or anything, but we definitely were the people that were as close to players and coaches as anybody else could. So, I mean, the, as quickly as it spread, it, it, it's, just, it's just that fast. So, Did you get tested yeah, you can't this? tell where it came from or where it started. But it definitely, we didn't joke about it on the field. We didn't, you know, do none of that stuff. So, but it definitely spread around and, and you know, it's, it's just, you you, really, you you don't know where it came. Like Marcus Smart, yeah, he could have passed it to Gobert, but he was the one that made it look silly. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's, anyway. that's the thing. I mean, he made it, he made it look silly, but like, we can't act like we saw this coming. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody, like, no. This was, this was, we were, I was in my, AP language class, like in middle of March, and we were talking about it, or you know, it was probably two weeks before this. So beginning of March, two weeks before this all kind of schools got shut down and whatnot, we were talking about it, and we we're like, this is just a virus from China that got blown over by the media, and and that's what everybody was thinking. I mean, for travel day, we had so we have Spirit Week at our school or whatever, and travel day, everybody's wearing Hawaiian shirts. So I just wanted to be a smart ass, and not, what I was gonna wear. Was I wore an N95 mask at school? Because 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 <laughs> because all the because all the people on the planes were now wearing masks, right? You really are a rebel, Katie. Because they were all scared. <laughs> they were all scared of the coronavirus. So what did I do? I was like, I'm wearing a mask at school. And then you know everybody thought it was hilarious. And then all this happened. So like nobody saw this coming. Like. Yeah, you, I remember, I, apparently, you did. You were the first one to wear a mask at school. <laughs> takes finally right. Well, my mom's a, my mom's a nurse, so she kind of like they kind of. Oh, that's awesome. We're, okay. we're like we're like maybe you know this, but nobody still nobody like saw this. Nobody saw the whole world no, shutting down. Not like this. sports, not it especially was, sports. Not in sports. Yeah, especially in sports, especially like, and, and that's almost like where people started being aware was because of it happening in sports like before that it wasn't really talked about maybe on the news every once in a while 
But once it hit sports, that's when the world, that's when America basically was like, oh, man, it, it's, it's affecting this. This is something big. That's yeah. when I started waking up was when it hit sports, which is kind of weird. You know what I mean? If, if it, it, almost if it wasn't for, for that player, everybody else might have still been ignoring it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. since they shut down the NBA, people were like, okay, if this is going to shut down the NBA, we need to do something. Right. And, right. Uh, you mentioned that beginning of the that way. With like, as soon as it hit sports, it was like, okay, this is a problem. And like sports got shut down. Like sports don't get shut down. And I remember I mentioned this in the article where I talked about COVID-19 when it first hit the NBA. And I said, you know, this is something that, you know, my sports bubble doesn't get penetrated by anything. I'm in my bubble. I have the NBA here, NHL, NFL, MLB, and a couple other sports. And then I just live in that bubble. And then, on you know, politics, they, you know, don't really touch it a little bit. And all of a sudden COVID hit and they just put a huge hole right in the middle of the bubble, and every problem in the outside world just came flooding in all at once. And that was something where as soon as it hit sports, it was like, that's like a soft spot, I think, for all of us. Well, just for the entire society. Like, that's a soft spot. Mm-hmm. Sports are supposed to be, like, the highest of the highest. Nothing can touch sports. And then all of a sudden, boom. Sports and, sport, and, and sports is always our escape, too. Whenever there's something bad, there's always sports to, you know, turn to. And I, mean, I was obviously, I wasn't alive during 9-11, but, like, from what I'm, what I gather is, like, that people were still like able to kind of get their minds off what just happened in turn of sports. And now you got that taken away and it's just kind of like, or, you know, even on a, you know, a home example, look at the 2013 Red Sox, you know, they put a whole city on their back after the marathon bombing and, you know, they did. Went right to the world series. You know, they had the world series trophy. They put it right at the finish line at, in October. There when was they also won it, like, another example of new Orleans, the saints, uh, yeah. when they won, when they won the Super Bowl after the, uh, the floods, yeah, uh, the, hur- the hurricane. Yeah. Yeah, after the hurricane, they won. They won the Super Bowl that year, and it brought the city back together. And you know what I mean. So definitely, sports is important in uh, in uniting a lot of people. Yeah, this whole thing, COVID nineteen, is absolutely insane. But um, moving on to our next topic, um, Survivor Island. Uh, you know, going on on the media page, Lane. What's going on, Survivor Island? <laughs> I don't know, dude. We haven't posted anything for two weeks. I'm still there. I will tell you that I have survived. There, there's four of us. I'm not going to say who got voted off, but there's still four of us alive. Um, I'm trying to make it to the end, boys, so don't vote we, me off. When we get to the top three, we need, like, a little game to play between the three of them. Like, why should you win the, the million dollars? No, just kidding. No million dollars. It's been off survival. We need, like, the council. <laughs> I'm trying to survive. I got a, I got a little technique I've been using. But are you gonna uh, go? Are you gonna do it with slandering? What, what, what strategy are you gonna use? <laughs> I've been using a little strategy. I don't wanna, I don't wanna release it and people take it from the Boston <laughs> Power Hour. But um, I think at the end of the day, it's gonna hard. It's gonna be hard to beat the Spike King because even though he's got some enemies from his Mark Wahlberg posts and stuff like that. <laughs> He's got a bunch of fans too, so I think at the end of the day, when it comes down to vote, he just he sort of threatens everyone with not giving um, giveaways and stuff. Maybe yeah, I w- do it. No more Bruins World Order T-shirts. <laughs> just keep no more giveaways. <laughs> no more giveaways if you don't if you vote for me. There's, I, mean, there's I want to like, see somebody take him down. I'm not gonna lie. If he wins, it's rigged. <laughs> I have. I have no idea what happened. Like, I have no idea, like, what happened with Survivor Island. It's not like I'm in, we're in Ride the Wave and we know what's going on. Like, I have no idea. So my prediction, or, you know, my thought process on this is 
Spike King, you know, he thought he was going to win. I went off I went off on him last podcast and, you know, talked about how, was it two, two podcasts ago about, about how, you know, this whole thing was, you know, all of a sudden you don't vote for him, you don't get into one of his crappy giveaways or whatever, right? But, like, but like the thing is, well, he saw that he's going to lose. So what does he do? He just ends the whole thing. He doesn't want to lose. He so, so you got, he's the reason they haven't posted you know it. It's over. He it. Yeah, he, he ended it. He was like, oh, I'm not going to win all oh, crap. I'm going to just not post on it. I'm, I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. <laughs> watch, watch as soon as he watches our podcast. He's going to go out. And oh, really? Did we, did we lose him? Is this okay. it? Usually this is around the time we lose Lane. Luckily, we did an office. Right. Yeah, yeah. Lane, no, you want to repeat I, that? I didn't get lost. Thank you. I said, you guys can hear me? No. No, you can't. Yeah, we got you. Oh, I said, I said, um, watch as soon as he watches our podcast tomorrow, once it's posted up, he's going to immediately post Survivor Island. <laughs> be like, That's right, so, Kate. Well, I didn't it. Lean off. <laughs> so somebody's yeah. got to get a clip. I think we got to get Dito on this, but uh, the whole clip about me going off on him like two weeks ago, I think he, he's probably not seen that. And he'll probably like like that, but he's busy this weekend, right? So maybe he won't, maybe it'll go right over his radar. Right yeah, over maybe, maybe. But you know, Lane, you're still on the island, so obviously there's been a little hiatus with you know Survivor Island. What has the island been like? It's been great, man. Um, in fact, there's sports on the island. It's weird. It's the only place. <laughs> where it was... That's why I'm trying to stay there. I'm not trying to leave. They ride the waves to the island. I was so I happy was to leave. I get food. I got food and I got my bed back and I got You're my food dog. Food or sports? Let's be honest here. I'm taking the sports <laughs> all the way. Well, <laughs> sports, but they were when I when I was there, there was no sports. So you know, it was uh, kind of just some sand. What are the bubblates? Yeah. The bubblates on the on the island. That's Brian's I mean, favorite. Wherever wherever spiking is, there's bubblates. <laughs> I actually saw this post and. I think I, it's, she's got to be related to Babs. But um, she had a 103rd birthday, fought off Corona. and Oh, uh, that, yeah. She drinks the Bud Light <laughs> to celebrate. I was like, that's got to be Babs's great-great-grandma or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's going to happen is, so what probably happened was that they got, got a shipment of beer and the, the, the um, Ride the Wave Survivor Island was sponsored by Coors Light. And Babs was mad because he doesn't drink horse light. He only drinks uh, Bud Lights. So he just jumped off the island. That's my other take. That's, that's, that's how it's going to go, definitely. That reminds me, before we, before we end the podcast, I have one more question for Angel. And Because um, you said you obviously worked the World Series last year. There was, an, there was two incidents I want to talk about real quick. Um, one is the Bud Light guy. Where oh, he, okay. He, where you... The ball hit his chest. Yeah, that was awesome. He made a shirt for him. They actually ended up giving him, um, I think, tickets to the next game. Did you get to meet him or, or really see any, you know, see um, see him or anything like that? So I didn't get to see him. I didn't get to see that one. I did see, which might be your second incident you want to talk about, uh, the girls behind home plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> person, Julia Rose, who's on Instagram. Her and her flash their tits behind home plate. Actually got a letter. She's banned from MLB for forever, I guess. Um, we saw it, that coming. 
I was I was standing. Yeah, we were we were standing back there, me and my camera guy, and we're just like, you know what they're gonna do over there, right? And he, and we're just like, it's gonna happen. We don't know when, but all of us, everybody knew. I mean, it, it was coming. That was. So you're uh, like you're like be ready to zoom in, right? Yeah, no, we already. <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta get caught. I mean, when people do stuff like that, you want to get that. You know what I mean? You 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 definitely you know pan out as soon as it happens. But yeah, it was definitely. We were waiting for that moment to happen, and there was where nobody could stop it. How could you tell that they were going to do that? I think it was the fact that their shirt said, what did the shirt say? Shag mag. It's her. Yeah. It's her. She I think like it a- was that. And then, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then one of the guys recognized the girl and was like, oh, well, they're going to do this. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Because it, I mean, it's still like, who would do that? Like, right there. But we knew it was happening. It was definitely going to happen. Yeah. Her, her Instagram. Her Instagram's like a borderline, like a porn site. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the guys who knew who she was, which is weird to me, (laughs) they knew what was going to happen. So, so, you know, nothing was not expected. You know, that, that is definitely the incident though. (laughs) I actually have one more question too. If there's anything more, a little more iconic than seeing Fro at a sporting event, it's the, uh, the guy in the Miami uh, Marlins, he's in the orange Jersey. Marlins man. Yeah, Marlon's man. He always sits behind home plate. Have you ever had any encounters with him? Because he's like, he seems like he's all over the place sometimes. Okay, okay, Marlon's man. Yeah, I've seen him. He's he's over there all the time. The one thing I didn't like, and I'm like, okay, who is this guy? I didn't know. A lot of other people knew him. I'm, I'm not like that. But the one thing I didn't like is that all he was doing the entire game was sit on his cell phone. You know what I mean? I get it. Oh, like, like, yeah, I, you know, my thing is, if you're going to be a baseball thing, like, you should be there for baseball. But the whole time I'm watching him, and he's on his cell phone the whole game. And I'm like, okay, if this is supposed to be the Marlins guy, the guy, because we saw him at, I saw him at every single, every single game. I mean, just don't be on your cell phone. I get it. But like, yeah, you're I, there I, to watch the game. Guy, cool yeah. guy, great guy. Just too much time on his phone. I mean, I get mad at that. There was one, oh man, there was one, I think it's the, Mar- not the Mariners, uh, um, was it Milwaukee? Milwaukee, yeah. I think. And um, they have a they have a season ticket holder who is this female lady, and I mean she's got you know she's got a rack on her, and that's what she's known for. They even made they even made a bobblehead. The stadium made a bobblehead of her because like wow. she's known for sitting there all the time. Her I actually respect her. She's the whole time taking down scores, you know, numbers and plays and you know i don't know what it's called sorry not a sports guy as much but you know she had the whole baseball card and she's writing every single thing and she's paying attention and she's taking pictures with fans and stuff like that that's a fan i respect i i understand like a lot of us are icons and people get seen uh babs you know green runs deep you know those guys and uh, at southeast games but like the most important thing to me is like you could be uh instagram or a super fan but be mm-hmm. a super fan Pay attention yeah. to the game. You know, love the game more than than the than the business, you know? And and for Maryland's guy, he was too much into the business. <laughs> I never knew that. That was all. Sorry, sorry. He might be a That was the behind-the-scenes <laughs> access with Fro that you get on the Boston Power Hour right there. This so is Fro- what I saw. Well, uh, yeah, I didn't even tell you. I actually forgot about my Mike Emmerich story, my doc story about – um. I know you guys, you know, NHL right there, Masters, uh, <laughs> loves that thing, but – I have a, you know, Doc Emmerich, I actually ended up uh, driving in the beginning of my industry 
when I first got in, I was driving him around everywhere to go get, you know, pick him up from the hotel so and stuff like that. And we would talk all the time. He'd ask me about my family. Doc is a great guy. But one day, uh, we actually ended up driving around, and we had some time be- between, you know, the, the, the game and picking up. So he did a Boston Haunted House tour where he would get, you know, he'd drive around, they'd drive him around and, you know, tell him about all the haunted houses and stuff. So he goes, Angel, we got some time. I'm going I'm to take you on a tour. And he just told me, told me where to go, let me know the history of Boston. Like, uh, the coolest thing, one cool thing, experience, is having Doc Emmerich narrate the story of Boston while you're driving him around. That and is really it was cool. It so experience. iconic. It was just one of the coolest one of the coolest moments. That's my NHL story. Sorry, I just wanted to throw one out there. That's pretty I, I sweet. Awesome. NHL enough love. <laughs> well, Angel, I just want to say, you know, thanks for coming on our podcast. Um, it's it's a pleasure having you on here, um, listening to your stories, and um, you know, I know I know you're a busy man with the family and the and, the, and all the kids and everything, but we we appreciate you coming out here today and um, joining us for our podcast. So thanks, man. Hey guys, make sure you follow him on Instagram too, Boston's Fro. Yeah. Um, and you know, keep an eye out for him, you know, because I'm sure you don't know fans of the Sam's. You know, you're going to be able to see him a lot easier. So, Fro, thank you so much for <laughs> on the podcast. You know, have fun at the NBA, NHL. Let us know how it goes. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll have to have you on a podcast uh, again, a, a episode again, because you said, you know, obviously you have a ton of stories to tell and we'd love to hear them. And then um, we'd like to hear about how and when this happens, how um, sports is without, like, fans, you know? Yeah, you, definitely. You, how that looks. No, again, guys, I love being on this show. You guys, you know, give me my sports information every day, uh, especially in the chats and what's going on. So uh, I'm very happy to be part of the show, and and uh, and thank you guys. And, yeah, I, I would love to come back, especially after I find out what's, you know, I'm always trying to keep you guys updated as much as I can all the time anyways. But uh, it's been fun. This is, like, my first podcast, I don't do this much, but it's cool. Yeah, sure. this, is, this is awesome to be. I was actually nervous. I was, like, super nervous about being on. <laughs> and it's you guys. Like, I know you guys. And I was still nervous. Like, I don't know what to say. What do I do? What do no, I wear? I feel that. I have a backdrop. Look at me. Like, I'm going all out. There was, <laughs> but I can't uh, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. I mean, yeah. every every week you guys are coming out with some new stuff. And and uh, and thank you guys for doing what you do. You know what I mean? And, uh, and let's hope sports comes back. And uh, and we could get back to it, but yeah, I'll definitely keep you guys updated on everything that's going on. All right, guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Boston Power. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at the Boston Power, and we'll see you guys next week.